0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Saturday, March the 25th, 2023. It is currently 10.45 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, if you were listening to our live broadcast last night, you know that I did kind of a book review. In fact, I have the book right here in front of me. It's been waiting for me all night. As as soon as I walked into the studio, it was sitting right here, right in front of the microphone, waiting for me. And I opened it up and I looked at the entry for today. If you remember, last night we reviewed the book, Know Him?, a year of daily Bible readings on the character of God. I told you about it. We, I looked at the entry for March the 23rd. And, uh, well, we told you all about this book. Hear it? Hear it right here? And, well, we, we, I, I could talk about this book. I could use this book. But, uh, no, we're here to talk about a different book book so we're we're, we're kind of we're getting into a, a series of book reviews sometimes you never know which direction this podcast is going to go but we go from know him a year of daily Bible readings on the character of God by our daily bread uh publishing and again you should possibly check it out very unique go listen to the review because there is a unique thing about this book that I had no idea that that's <laughs> that that's the way this would be written it's really It's really interesting. You go look at it, for, go listen to it, and you can tell me what you think. But this morning, as I sat down, I opened up this book, went to the entry for March the 24th, looked at it, thought about, well, I could possibly do a devotional message in regards to that. Well, I decided to set it down, and I'm like, well, let me just start looking what's going on in the world of Christianity, in the world of the church, in the world of theology, looking at different Christian websites, and all of a sudden, I saw this headline, if I can find it, I saw this title for an article. I I guess you could call it a headline. The title for the article, this is how it reads. Are you ready? Here we go. Shift your Bible reading into a new gear. And I'm like, oh, boy. What, how, how can I shift my Bible reading into a new gear? Now, to be honest, I, when I look at it, I was, <laughs> I was kind of saying that sarcastically like, oh, how can I shift my Bible reading into a new gear? Oh, I've got to read this. I want to hear, because I thought they were going to give me like four ways to shift your Bible reading into a new gear. And so I I was going to read it almost, I, I hate to say it, I kind of, I was, you know, cynical, jaded, sarcastic. Almost in a mocking way, like, oh, you know what? I'll look at this, and then I can turn on the microphone and go, hey, guys, did you know? Here are four ways you can shift your Bible reading into a new gear. I'm just telling you, I I had a very negative feeling when I saw the title. But then I started reading. And here is what I found. Right underneath that headline, right underneath that headline, shift your Bible reading into a new gear. It says, Jonathan Pennington has written the rare study aid that equips without oversimplifying or overwhelming. I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. It says shift your Bible reading into a new gear, but now it's talking about Jonathan Pennington has written the rare study aid. I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Is this going to be about Bible reading? Or is this going to be about Bible study? And so then then my curiosity was piqued. And then I was like, okay, maybe maybe I was approaching this in a negative way. Then, so I, I scrolled down, right? Then they have a, a picture of a book. They have an Amazon link. It was released on March the 14th, 2023. It's 168 pages long. I'm like, okay. Seventeen dollars for one hundred and sixty-eight pages seems a little, a little steep. That 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 we we could talk about my issues with that. But then I begin to read the article, and this is what it says. Are you ready? Here we go. My introductory class in seminary ended with me making a lifelong pledge. I'm like, oh, okay. So we're, we're gonna we're we're gonna go back to whenever this art whenever this author was in seminary, they're going to go back to those days where they made a lifelong pledge. I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to know more. Okay. So, so they got my, they got my attention. All right. So at first I thought it was just going to be like, you know, three points to, to shift my Bible reading into a new gear. I thought it was going to be something like that. And then I realized, okay, maybe this is about Bible study. Now we're going back to someone talking about their introductory class in seminary. Here is what it says. Our professor had told a story about sitting on a plane next to a young woman years before. He'd engaged her in conversation with the intent to share the gospel, only to find out that she already professed to be a Christian. However, she she sheeplessly confided that she didn't know how to study her Bible. He proceeded to walk her through the basics of Bible study and watched as her eyes filled with tears of joy. Now, as soon as I read that, okay, the article had me hooked. It had me hooked because if you know anything about me, if you know anything about me, you know that I have been, it seems like my entire Christian life. I have yelled and screamed, number one, at the fact that the church at large never seems to really teach the people how to study the Bible. And anytime I see a sermon series, you know, how to study the Bible, it's the most basic, vague, you're you're really not left with any actual steps. It's basically, well, read it, highlight it, look up a couple of cross references, pray about it write something down in a notebook and you're good to go. And I'm like, well, come on, that's not how to do Bible study. So I, I really, I get frustrated and and I yell and scream about the church's failure to actually equip, equip their people how to study the Bible. I mean, I just absolutely get so frustrated with that. I'm like, it, it, you know, Churches bring in billions of dollars every year. All this money goes to their building and all the classrooms and all the material and, and the staff and, and all of this money. And then people go to church for 10, 15 years and they don't actually know how to study the Bible. I'm like, what's the point of even going? Like, what's, what, what is it if you're not even actually being equipped? You're not actually even being taught. Why, why are you supporting that? So I, I, I yell and scream and get so upset about the failure of the church to equip Christians because I have met Christians all over the place who they don't know how to study the Bible. They can't even articulate how. It's like they read it, They they just read it and then kind of like, well, what is God telling me today? Like, it's just, it's so just messed up and confused. And if you remember just a few days ago, I did a live broadcast about quitting your quiet time, right? Because there was all of these, you know, leaders within Christianity, seminary professors, Bible college professors telling, you know, basically saying, look, these students show up and even though they've gone to church their whole life, even though they tell you they love the Bible, and even if they tell you they engage the scriptures, once you start talking to them, there's a complete disconnect. They don't really understand the Bible. They don't really know how to handle the scriptures. Once again, why? Because the church has utterly failed to equip people and how to actually pick up a Bible and to read it and to study it. Just look at your, you look at the Sunday school classrooms and and small groups uh, around the country. And I can't speak for other countries, but here in the United States of America, the, the ladies get together for a Bible study. Does the, does the person leading the Bible study, does she pull out a Bible study method and lead everyone through a Bible study method? Oh, absolutely not. She goes to Lifeway or some other publishing company and orders a, 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 a study book, and then all the women get the study book. They all read it, and they come back to discuss basically what it says. Nobody actually studies the Bible. In many cases, the Sunday school teachers, they're simply using a curriculum that's given to them no one's actually engaging in the study of the text because in most cases if you got all of those small group leaders together you got all of those Sunday school teachers together and you said okay show me how to study the bible they can't they are almost in most cases incapable of taking a text let's say you gave them john chapter 2 they wouldn't even know how to do a chapter summary method a chapter analysis they wouldn't know how to do a topical a thematic a biographical, they wouldn't know how to do any of the Bible study methods. So what they have to do is they're like, oh, I'm supposed to teach. They have to go get curriculum so that they they because they can't just develop a Bible study. But yet they're teaching inside the church. And you're like, what what, what I I don't understand. So I, I have yelled and screamed my whole life, number one, about the failure of the church to actually teach people. Number two, I have yelled and screamed most of my Christian life at Christians who don't seem to care about studying the Bible, right? Now, this has become a major source of frustration because here he tells the story that he gave this woman how to study the Bible and her eyes were filled with tears of joy. Well, what I have encountered is that I have tried to teach Christians how to study the Bible basically my whole Christian life and I've never seen anyone's eyes filled with tears of joy. I've always either seen total disinterest. Like, I don't really care. I don't really, I'm not going to do your Bible study method. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to not, I'm not going to study because I don't care to study. Just total disregard. They won't even actually engage in it. Sometimes I'll see at least a little glimmer of excitement, but it'll usually last about halfway through a chapter summary method. And then they quit. And I said, they never, maybe I can get them through a devotional maybe a chapter summary, but that's about it. I I can't get them past a chapter summary. I can't get them into the really in-depth Bible study methods. And I have taught the Bible study methods literally anywhere and everywhere I get an opportunity. But I've yet to see Christian's eyes filled with tears of joy because they learn how to study the Bible. Now, maybe that's a jaded, cynical outlook, but I'm just telling you, I, I'm frustrated that the church doesn't, and, I, and now I know, kind of know why the church doesn't bother to teach people how to study the Bible, because no one's actually interested in studying the Bible. I, look, I, I can just demonstrate it here from for this podcast. What's one of the podcast series that we do? Bible study exercise. What's the goal of that Bible study exercise? What is the goal of that podcast series? To get people to actually study the Bible. We give them homework, we give them assignments, we give them curriculum, we give them Bible study methods, I give you the opportunity to email me all of your work, you can ask questions, I will turn on the microphone and answer those questions. Guess what? The most unsuccessful, of all the different things we do, the Bible study exercise by far, in, in most cases, there's a couple of platforms where it is successful, but most of the platforms, it's the most unsuccessful podcast episodes. Because nobody, people want to turn on them, uh, turn on a, a podcast and have someone teach them the Bible. They don't want a podcast where it says, "No, we're going to work on the Bible. We're going to study it together." That, that, because people don't want to actually engage in Bible study. So on one hand, I yell and scream about the church's failure, but on the other hand, I've, I, I think I used to yell and scream about it. Now I'm just, I've just, just basically given up. Because I don't believe most Christians care to study the Bible. I, I, I know that sounds horrible. I know that sounds defeated. But I just, I just think that that's the reality of it. I don't think most Christians care. Uh, you can say that's not fair to say. Well, look, you may be the exception to the rule. But I, I would challenge you tomorrow, Sunday, w- grab a clipboard, right? Walk around your church tomorrow and ask people, one, how frequently do you study the Bible, right? Two, once they say, they'll, they'll probably give you some time, then ask them, what, is you, what do you mean by Bible study? Explain, what is, what is Bible study? When you say you're engaging in Bible study, see if they're really engaging in Bible study. See what they're really doing. And you'll probably conclude, one, most people don't even care to study the Bible. And the ones who say that they're studying the Bible, it's, it's a million miles away from actual Bible study. It's a a million miles away from actual Bible study. So most don't do it. The ones who claim they are, they probably don't even really know how to do it. And then ask yourself, when was the last time your church taught Bible study methods? Chapter summary, chapter analysis, verse-by-verse analysis, book synthesis, book background. I can go through all the different methods. When was the last time your church taught these methods in any meaningful way? You some of you are gonna respond back, never. Some of you will say, Oh no, 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 no. My church taught me how to study the Bible. Send me the link to the messages because most of the messages, it's the most vague thing. Like they start off with like how important the Bible is and why you should study it, and how it will transform your life, and then it will give you the most basic steps. Read it, consider the context, highlight some verses. Do a little cross-referencing. Won't even tell you about the different kinds of cross-referencing and how not to do it in an incorrect way. It, 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 it's just, when was the last time your, your church did a course on hermeneutics? And do you know the difference between study and interpretation? I mean, like, we could go on and, on and 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 on. So there's just so, I guess, so one, I get met at the church. Two, I get met at the individual Christians who just don't care who just don't seem to care. But number three, I've done everything I can to try to fix this by teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. But I I think I have never met anyone whose eyes filled with tears of joy and said, thank you so much for teaching me Bible study methods. If that ever happens, I'm going to die Right at the right on the spot, I'm going to have a heart attack and I'm going to die because I, or or I'm just going to go st- go into my life just so that I can die with that memory that someone out there was appreciative of me trying to teach the Bible study methods. But I know that's that sounds so jaded and so negative, but it's just the reality of what I have seen. Put it this way: you may say no, you're wrong, but I can't be wrong about what I have seen and experienced. I may be wrong in the sense that it's not that, that's that way everywhere, but it's what I've seen. And every time I read another article, it's these same kind of stories. Now, so what we could I know what you're asking, but wait a minute. I know what you're asking. You're but wait a minute, he met this woman on a plane. How do you even know she goes to church? She possibly doesn't even go to church. Oh, you could be right. Let's let's read and see what happens. The professor then asked. What church this woman attended, Sh- shock seized him when she named a church pastored by one of his former students. So this professor who's been trying to teach his students, make sure people know how to study the Bible, found out that this woman who doesn't know how to study Bible goes to one of those churches. So she actually goes to church and she had never been taught how to study the Bible. Upon the plane's landing, he rushed to the nearest payphone. This was before the cell phone era and called his former student to rebuke him for not training his congregants and how to study the Bible. I distinctly remember his finger pointed at our class and hearing him say, don't let me ever bump into one of your congregants and find out that they don't know how to study the Bible. Inspired, but also a little afraid, I left the classroom vowing never to receive such a phone call. But guess what? A lot of those people who was in that seminary class said, "Okay, I'm, I'm never going to let that happen once they become a pastor, and you know what you start realizing? Your people don't really care to know how to study the Bible." <laughs> That's what you start realizing. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. Look, you can you can hand people devotionals. You can hand them study guides. You you can your church can spend five hundred dollars a month, and they will not use. They just there. There's always the exception, but the majority just don't care. And every statistic, every every piece of of analytical data that we can gather over and over shows Christians aren't studying the Bible. They're not engaging in it in any meaningful way. And, and, and when those who are engaging it, they're gauge, engaging it in ways that are actually harmful. Go listen to our broadcast on quitting your quiet time. So, so let, let's see where this story goes. I believe there is nothing more important for the Christian life than reading the scriptures as a pastor, I'm constantly on the lookout for helpful resources to aid believers in their Bible reading and study. Now, let me make sure we make this very clear because I've got to state this. All right. Here we go. You ready? I state this all the time. Bible reading is not Bible study, it's Bible reading. Bible study involves Bible reading, but Bible reading is not Bible study. All right. Having A devotional guide. Where do I, where's my, where is it? Oh, wait, it's down here on the floor. Here, right here. Feature a daily Bible study guide. I subscribe to this. It arrives at my mailbox every quarter, right? These are daily devotionals, right? They're awesome. But guess what? Devotional material is not Bible study. Reading is not Bible study. Devotional material is not Bible study. You have to actually engage the scripture and study it using a Bible study method and reference tools and digging in. So many Christians think, oh, I I, I do a devotional. That's not Bible study. I listen to a sermon. That's not Bible study. I go to church. That's not Bible study. Uh, it depends on how your pastor preaches. Now, if you've listened to way I preach many times, I'm trying to get the people right there in the pew to engage in the study, like forcing them. Hey, grab a Bible dictionary. Okay. Everyone look up the interlinear. Wait, everyone look. Okay. Where is this verse? Fine. I'm trying to get them actually involved in the process. So, but most of the case, you just sit there passively and you're listening to what someone else studied, what someone else has studied. So this person goes on to say in the article, I believe there is nothing more important for the Christian life than reading the scriptures. As a pastor, now, I would say there is nothing more important for the Christian life than reading and studying the scriptures because, again, there's a distinction between reading and studying. We have to have both. As a pastor, I'm constantly on the lookout for the helpful resources to aid believers in their Bible reading and study. Many books on the topic lack being thorough enough and could be summarized adequately in a pamphlet. Now, that is so true. That is so true. Many books on the subject, you're like, what is that? You can put it on a, a little pamphlet and it's, it's just basic. Like, it, it, I don't even know. It, it's so vague that it, it's, it's really not helpful. But everyone passed themselves on the back thinking it is. Others tend to lean into the opposite direction and overcomplicate the study of scripture, making it cumbersome and intimidating. Books that equipped without overwhelming are not easy to find. Now, I, I don't know if I've ever seen one that's really overwhelming um, or cumbersome. I, maybe they're out there. I, I think most of the case, I think I, I, this is what I feel. Most of the people like, it's just too, cu-. whenever I give like I teach certain Bible study methods. And when people say it's too complicated. Look, I understand if you've never engaged in Bible study, why it may feel that way but i i i i so i'm a little bit patient but there's a little bit of me that says how about you just put in the work and 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 just dig in and do the method more than once like you know like when you first try anything new at first it can be difficult or it can be intimidating or it can be cumbersome the first two or three times you do it But if you do a Bible study method 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 times, all of a sudden it becomes second nature. The problem is Christians never want to put forth the effort. That's what I, at least that's what I've seen. Because they always say, I don't have enough time. 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 And then what do they do on Sunday where they may have the time? Oh, they take a nap. Yeah, you can tell I've become very jaded. I just, I didn't have time this week to do anything with my Bible. And what are you going to do after church? I'm going to take a nap. Well, well, why don't you then use that time Sunday afternoon instead of sleeping? I don't know, maybe catching up on all the Bible study that you didn't do. Like, I know that sounds really, really harsh, but it just, uh, look, here's what, this is what I respect. Here's what I respect. When someone, instead of making lame excuses, just say, you know what? Here's the deal. I believe in Jesus. I am grateful and thankful that he died on the cross for my sins. And I am trusting in him alone for my salvation. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't care to read the Bible. I don't care to study the Bible. I got no problem going to church. I got no problem listening to a sermon here or there. But I just don't care to study my Bible. Now, I respect that. That's far more honest than making 3,000 excuses. I can just respect that. I can just say, all right, gotcha, understand. Now, that person has to live with the fact that they're a Christian who doesn't care to read their study their Bible. They have to deal with that fact. But at least I can respect that, right? I think I wish more Christians would just be that straight up and just say that. Um, Jonathan Pennington, Professor of New Testament Interpretation at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, meets this high standard in, and here's the name of the book, Come and See the Journey of Knowing God Through Scripture. Come and See the Journey of Knowing God Through Scripture. Now, I do not have a copy of the book because I just learned about the book. Today and it came out March the 14th, so it hasn't even been out that long. But obviously, I am going to be purchasing said book. I think I'm gonna get the physical copy, and I'll be turning on the microphone. And probably for Bible study exercise podcast series, we may try to see, well, how this book tells us to study the Bible. I want to know. Does it add to all of the methods I've already taught? Is it something unique? Is it something new? What is it? Here's what the article says about the book. Again, the name of the book, and I would challenge you to look it up. Come and see the journey of knowing God through scripture. You can find it at Amazon. Come and see the journey of knowing God through scripture. This is how the article describes the book. Concise, creative, and refreshingly multifaceted. His book is exactly the kind of introductory resource I want to put into congregants' hands. Now, that sounds good. Now, for $17 a piece, I don't know how many congregants' hands I could put them in, and I don't know how many I could give away. But it may be something that we could do a book giveaway. After I look at it, if I really think it's useful, we'll probably try to do a book giveaway um, well, we'll see how many we can, how much money we can, uh, how much money we have to give away some books. But maybe we can give away some because if it is a useful resource, I want to put it as, into as many hands as possible. But here is, I know the frustration from being a pastor. You could buy everyone in your congregation a copy. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't always go so well. There was a, there was a time. There was a time. I. And this is just my frustration with the, the the world, the life of being a pastor. There was a time that at the at the end of December, right at the beginning of January, every year I would say, "All right, this is going to be our focus for this year," right? And I would give everyone a focus of what we're going to focus on. I would do things like, in some cases, buy everyone in the congregation a book, buy everyone in the congregation a study guide, like, and say, "This is what." this is what we're going to do over and over and over 90. I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80% of the congregation never bothered to read the books. um, Didn't use the material. And, and, and in most cases, halfway, they, they, they probably couldn't even tell you what any of the focuses were on all the years that we did it. And, and I started realizing waste of money, time, and resource, a waste of money, time, and resource. Now, if you're a church with, unlimited resources. You can just buy, you can buy the books, the, re, the, the material, and who cares if they get used because you're, you're, you're putting it in their hands. But when you're a smaller church with limited resources, you have to really, you have to sometimes look at kind of a, you know, cost-benefit Analysis Like this is how much it's cost. It's not benefiting anyone because one, nobody even knows where the books are anymore. They've already lost them and they're not even using them. And you can catch on really quick to know if people are using them because all you have to do is ask a couple of questions and you realize, wait, you, that was like page one for crying out loud. Like w- what's happening here? So I love the idea that the author here thinks they should put this into the hands of most con- most of the congregation. But I just don't know how many congregants would even, uh, just in your church, what do you think? If you found a book that gave the greatest Bible study methods ever devised in the history of humankind, right? Say there's a hundred people in your church and you put that book in the hands of a hundred people. One, how many do you think would actually read it? Two, how many do you think would actually then take the methods in the book and then start actually putting them in the practice and actual study. Three, how much do you think it would transform your church in any meaningful way when it comes to Bible study? Do you think your church would all of a sudden, your Sunday school teachers and your small group leaders would actually start, hey, we're going to study this and actually use the Bible study method to develop their own Bible study, or or how much of it would still go, we're going to buy this book, and everyone's going to get a copy, and, and and they would be constrained and basically handcuffed to curriculum or a study guide? Would it really transform anything? Now, think of how much it would cost to pay. You know, if you go, I'm not great at math, but if you say $17 a piece for 100 people, how much money is that? And what would you actually gain from it? Well, I'm horrible at math, so don't ask me for the number. But you can you can, you can can see there's a the kind of a cost-benefit analysis where you're like, hmm, not, is it is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? But at least they think this, this person thinks, the author thinks this book is that valuable. Again, the name of the book is Come and See, The Journey of Knowing God Through Scripture. Come, now here, here's how they describe it. Come and See encourages Christians to study their Bible through three modes of reading, which, Pennington labels as, number one, informational, number two, theological, and number three, transformational. Well, that's interesting. Three modes of reading, informational, theological, and transformational. I like this. Uh, He creatively pictures Bible study as a road trip with three distinct drivers. Each driver articulates how to study the Bible through each respective mode. The first, Ingrid, provides the framework for understanding what scripture is saying on a basic level. The second, Tom, describes how we can read it to discover core truths about God and his work of redemption. And the third, Taylor, emphasizes how studying God's word changes the orientation of our hearts And the way we live. Now, I so this is a unique way of presenting it. I think it's still kind of going to follow the basic format. Observation. Interpretation. Application. I think it's going to follow that. Just it's a unique way of presenting it. But hey, I'm all for a unique way of presenting it. I don't care. Look, find every creative way under the sun to present it so that it may click with someone right because sometimes i think well how many times can i say observation interpretation observation interpretation you can't interpret what you haven't observed observation is 98% of bible's like i can i can I, it's like a broken record so if someone has a more unique creative way of presenting it i'm more than willing to adopt their language right to to go through again the, the three modes is informational that's observational um, that's just where you're observing what's actually there theological now you're doing interpretation and transformational, obviously that's application. So I think it's just a unique uh, un- a new way of presenting that. It says as Pennington rightly stresses throughout the book, combining these three modes of reading provides a robust and meaningful path for knowing God through the study of the Bible. Too often, Bible study never moves past the basic facts and gets stuck in discussing the finer points of theology or races ahead to application without getting a grasp of the passage itself. Pennington's multifaceted approach ensures that the reader of Scripture studies to know, studies to, know to believe, and to live what the Scriptures teach. All right. I do like the multifaceted approach. I th- I've think i always been using the multifaceted approach. Um, again, I think you have to spend most of your time in the information stage. Observation, 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 observation. Then you spend a, 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 almost all of the rest of your time on the interpretive or theological side. And I think the application is the, the smallest portion of it. I think that's the, the smallest portion, because I think so many times we make ourselves the center of the text when we're not, see a lot of our previous live broadcasts as we've been discussing that. The book devotes one chapter apiece to each of these three modes of reading. Each chapter contains three main points that covers the basics of reading informationally, theologically, and transformationally, along with two side uh, trips. In these main sections, Pennington tackles important topics as Bible genres, historical context, common exegetical mistakes, scripture's relationship to the church's historic creeds, and the essential role of the Holy Spirit in illuminating what we read. Oh, boy. Okay, you know how I feel about any time toxic, no, people say the Holy Spirit illuminates what we read. You know how I have so many problems with that. And the reason I have so many problems with that is for 2000 years, Christians have supposedly been reading the Bible, claiming the Holy Spirit is illuminating. The Holy Spirit is showing me what it means, yet nobody can agree on anything. Well, if the if the Holy Spirit's illuminating you and the Holy Spirit's illuminating me, and we don't agree on baptism, the Lord's Supper, church structure, uh, we, we don't agree on on salvation, we don't agree on basically anything, well, then somebody is not being illuminated or only one of us is being illuminated. Because we both can't be illuminated by the same Holy Spirit coming to utterly completely different conclusions. So, whatever the Holy Spirit's supposedly doing, it's not bringing about doctrinal unity, interpretive unity, theological unity. It's not bringing about anything other than a, th- a million. Look, we, we, at one time in our study, when we were doing some study in the book of Revelation, I demonstrated to everyone how one verse, it was like 25 commentaries, 50 different interpretations and all of those authors would have claimed the Holy Spirit was illuminating them. So I have major issues with that, but okay. Each main point treatment ends with a take a turn at the will application. These brief sections are carefully thought through and they provide helpful personal studies and questions. They would provide wonderful exercises for a small group reading this introductory book together. In fact, these exercises are so well done that I find myself wishing Pennington uh, had provided more of them for the reader. It is commendable how much Pennington packs into this quick read. He manages to tease out important distinctions between biblical and systematic theology while introducing readers to such weighty concepts as the analogy of scripture, the reception history, and the rule of faith, and more. All right, And so uh, there's some there's more here. You can find this article at christianitytoday.com. That's christianitytoday.com. The name of the article Shift Your Bible Reading into a New Gear. You can read everything they have to say about the book and the book is available on Amazon for the Kindle. Um $14 it looks like $14.53 before credits since I have some credits I can get it for $12.28 and for paperback it's 16.99 I think that's very exp- personally I think it's very expensive and once again what I hate about this is look look what look, just think about what's happening here People aren't learning how to study the Bible in the church. So then the individual has to go to Amazon and spend $17 of their money to learn how to study the Bible because their church doesn't bother to teach them. So once again, you're going to gain your insight outside of the church. I, 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 I cannot tell you how utterly different my opinion is becoming of the local church as the years continue on billions of dollars come into local churches paying for the staff for everything for all the the. just look at it all when you pull up in the parking lot look at all that that's there you're building the infrastructure everything and all the money that goes into that and then people drive away and they're like well if I want to know how to study the Bible I'm going to have to go to Amazon.com and spend $17 so I can actually learn how to study the Bible for myself and then their, most of their spiritual growth will happen outside the church I'm telling you, I, I, sometimes I don't even know what's the point from a – this is I'm, – I'm purely from a human and pragmatic perspective. Sometimes I don't know what – I think the only people pull up to church for is friendship, relationship, companionship, social club, and everything else is just a facade. That's my own personal feelings. I know that those are strong. I know those are strong. But come and see the journey of knowing God through scriptures. The name of the book It was published and released on March the 14th, 2023. I'm going to be purchasing a copy in just a few moments and just a few moments. And once I do, um, I will then wait. And once it arrives here at my front door, just like this book, knowing know him, just like it showed up on my doorstep, know him is fascinating because it's a Christian book with. Well, the only words in the entire book is scripture. <laughs> Other than the introduction, everything else is just scripture. I really thought it was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we you can go back and listen to that review. Um that that to me is fascinating, but I want to see his approach. I want to see his approach and then we'll try to utilize his approach and we'll see what we can do. Well, we'll I'll I'll, I'll do some no- more uh I'll do I'll do some more podcast episodes on how to study the Bible. And we'll use his Methods. What do you think? You like that idea? You like that idea? Plugging in my iPad here. All right. There you have it. If you get the book, please send me a picture when the book arrives and let me know what you if you buy the book today for your Kindle and you start reading it, you can be way ahead of me. Oh I want I want immediate I want immediate feedback. I want immediate reviews. I want immediate right again come and see the journey of knowing god through scripture come and see the journey of knowing god through scripture um you know what's interesting is the cover of come and see is a sun behind like a mountain with some trees the book know him it's a sun behind some mountains <laughs> with some trees it's funny. Now, the, the one is much more elaborate drawing. The Know Him is a very simplistic, almost like a sketch someone would do with pencil on paper. It's funny that both utilize very similar artwork. It's just, I wonder why. They're not published by the same people. Um, that's interesting. Oh, and come and see, The Journey of Knowing God Through Scripture is currently number one. Number one new release on Amazon in the Christian Bible exegesis and hermeneutics section. So, that's that's good that it's number one, but it's sad because basically that's going to be individuals buying it for themselves because, well, going to church, they haven't ever learned how to actually study the Bible. Maybe I'm jaded. Maybe it's actually pastors buying it so that they can teach their congregations how to study the Bible. I not so I'm not so convinced that that is correct I mean look yesterday we reviewed a sermon on John chapter 2 and I'm just going to be as nice as I can be here but I have to be blunt that person who preached clearly don't know how to study the bible they obliterated the John chapter 2 Jesus cleansing of the temple go listen to that sermon review they they basically just ignored everything Jesus did and made it about themselves. It was a it was it was a it was horrific in what we heard. All right, there you go. News IF at yahoo.com. That's news if at yahoo.com. News IF at yahoo.com. I do want to take a moment here uh we uh just a little while ago maybe about an hour ago um i maybe it was 2 hours ago i don't remember somewhere this morning someone uh donated to the ministry and we always want to i don't say their names on online because uh, uh on broadcast because i never know if people want others to know but i just want them to know that i received your gift thank you so very much. I don't know if they went to theologycentral.net or the Church One app, but they hit the donate tab and they donated. And so if we do a book giveaway, if we do a book giveaway, if we decide, if I decide this book is something we do want to give away, well, that person helped pay for one of the books. So thank you so very much. We greatly appreciate that because, uh, yeah, we always appreciate when people help because when people support, then we can do things like, well, give away books. So we, we are always grateful. So thank you for doing that. All right, I think that's everything for now. I don't know what my plan is for the rest of the day. I know I got to get ready for tomorrow. Uh, so, tomorrow morning, just so you know, 10 a.m., long gospel. Uh, we'll continue that. Um, Sunday morning, we'll probably be doing something with the gospel of John. And then Sunday night, we may start working on Ezekiel because we kind of finished. Well, tomorrow we actually need to do some things on baptism. Maybe we'll do that on Wednesday. I don't know. But that we definitely know 10 a.m. I can guarantee you is long gospel. That's 10 a.m. And, of course, everything is live streamed. Church One app, Sermons 2.0 app, Spreaker app. Um, so if you ever want to listen to us live, just let me know, and I can tell you which app to download. But uh, there you go. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you found this to be informative, maybe challenging, and you may go, man, you sure are jaded and cynical when it comes to much of what's going on in the world of Christianity. I know I have. I think, I think the longer you've been a Christian, especially if you've been in ministry, I think in some ways, the more cynical you become. Maybe that's not a good thing, but th- there's, yeah, there is a little bit of that. But all right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a good day. Email me. Email me. like to know you're out there newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great day. God bless.